to something we started talking about on Friday, which I found very interesting. And I'm not going to go through the whole uh, conversation again, but to give you the kind of gist of it, there was a case in the court, uh, in the High Court that I was reading about in relation to a child who was unpredictably violent and aggressive and who was expelled. Uh, the teenager in this case has autism. And because of, this is actually before the courts, we can't actually talk about that particular case. And I don't want to give you too many more details, but, but that's generally the gist of it, right? Um. And I was saying, it's all too common. It's a very common issue because I look back, I was looking back for stories in relation to it and I found a story of a woman whose 12-year-old came home crying with bruises, had her hair pulled uh, by a girl in her class, or not in her class, in her school, who was a year older than a year ahead of her. And they wouldn't expel this child because they said the girl was on the autism spectrum that did it to her. And the mother of this particular child didn't seem to care, by the way. Uh, I'm not going to go into the language she used in relation to the mother. But the principal of the school said there's not a lot we can really do. She has autism and obviously it's not being managed properly in the school and should be in a special school, but the mother doesn't want to take her out. Uh, so we have her here in this school. Now, I don't know whether she's in a reading unit or she has an SNA. It doesn't give those kind of details. But the principal is basically saying we can't expel her because she has special needs. Because if we expel her, she ends up having to go to another school and they have to deal with the problem. And it's kind of used as almost an excuse for the bad behaviour. And don't get me wrong, sometimes children who have special needs can't control that behaviour. But is it up to mainstream school? When your child is in a mainstream school, and we spoke uh, on Friday to Diana, who had a granddaughter who was nonverbal, eight years of age, and she was in a unit in a mainstream school where there was three SNAs, a school teacher, and only six kids. And she believed the state aren't doing enough or the schools aren't doing enough. The suggestion by a lot of the caller was that maybe Diana or her granddaughter should be moved to a special school to deal specifically with her needs. But Diana believed that the school in mainstream should be able to, and SNAs, she believed, should be able to deal with her behaviour. Because we don't know exactly what the behaviour was, but the school had said they were going to expel her. So something must have happened. There must have been some sort of behaviour. And she did, by her own admission, admit that there may have been unpredictable aggressive behaviour. She didn't say specifically what it was. So... Whose responsibility is it when a child has special needs, be the ADHD or whatever it is, and maybe you're in that situation, you have a child with special needs, ADHD, and they're in a school and you believe they're not being dealt with properly and they have been aggressive, you know, in the past and the school has threatened to suspend them or expel them or whatever it happens to be. Whose responsibility? Is it the SNA's responsibility, the school's responsibility, or is it your responsibility as a parent to find a more suitable school that everybody else can't be responsible for your child? Let me know what you think. The number is 87 I want to go to Joanna, um, who was on with us on Friday, but unfortunately uh, it was quite towards the end of the show. And um, she is an SNA and um, deals with children with special needs on a regular basis. Joanna, good afternoon to you again. Hi, now. Um, not only am I an SNA who works for kids with autism, I actually have a son with autism as well. Okay, so you have personal experience too of dealing yeah, with Yeah, yeah. I, w- I work in an autism unit and my son attends a different autism unit as well in U6. Okay, and just explain, um, please, but you can have autism or special needs units mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. mainstream schools where you will have yeah. basically a lower number of kids, a couple yeah, yeah. of SNAs, and a, and a school teacher who is specifically, I suppose, trained to deal with people well, with different needs. that's the thing, isn't it? Well. I mean, you asked a question there, and I can give you a really, really simple answer to which you're saying, whose responsibility is it to manage, to manage challenging behaviour? And the directive given down by the Department of Education is this, and I'm coming from both sides. It's a hit. They state that a child's challenging child with challenging behaviour needs are best met 
access to an additional resource teacher. It is not the role of the SNA to deliver the curriculum. It is not the role of the SNA to educate a child. It is not the role of the SNA to manage challenging behaviour. So what, what I mean, okay, teacher. to clarify for us all, including myself, mm-hmm. my, what yeah. is the, the role of an SNA? Care needs only. Care needs only. Okay, so to bring them to the bathroom, make sure they understand Feeding, what's written in toileting. front of them. Yeah, yeah. no, mm, they, can assist the te- they can assist the child to access the curriculum in that they can encourage the child to sit on their chair, you know, keep them on passe, come on, you know, keep, but they are not allowed to teach. We okay. are not allowed to teach, okay? Um, because the entry requirement for an SNA has never changed. It's four Ds in the junior cert, and that's the basic requirement. And that's how they keep, you know, our wages so low. We have little job security, bad contracts, all that kind of stuff. So what happens when a child of mm-hmm. eight or nine years of age has mm-hmm. ADHD mm-hmm. and has aggressive outbursts okay. or, or slaps you or hits you or calls you names? Which, or Which happens. It happens. Yeah. Absolutely. And it happens every day at homes, in schools, up and down the country. If a child is displaying challenging behaviour, a child will come into a school, you know, equipped with a team and a, and a psychologist report and it's up to the, the teacher in the classroom design a behaviour programme to address these needs. And it's also up to the teacher to design an, an IEP with the assistance or the input of the SNA of the classroom. An IEP is an individual educational plan and it sets out goals. Some of these goals might be short-term or long-term. And just to give an example, my son has been in special ed all through preschool as well. And each of his um, IEPs, some of them might be four or every six weeks, some of them might be every three months, and they would set out little goals. And typically, they would be things to do with, with his behaviour, with life skills, with his social skills. And, um, you know, it would be set out in them how he would achieve these things. And that's up to the teacher to design and implement. And, and the SNAs can give their opinion, but it is not the role of the SNA. The SNA's role is care needs only. Okay, so and, just, and, just and, and, it's, and it is that simple. But the, and another thing I'd like Because to people seem to expect too much of you. And you I don't know if oh, you, heard, you heard Diana What's on Friday. Diana said there was three SNAs and a school teacher well, with six Well, that's the kids. other thing I want to address, was the ratio for uh, a special class with it attached to a mainstream school is two SNAs and one teacher. The fact that her granddaughter had was in a class with three SNAs suggests that that school had applied for something called an emergency SNA, which a school can apply for when there's, you know, challenging behaviour present in the class. So it does sound like that school did their best for that child. And the fact that... That grandmother came onto the radio station criticising the SNA's qualifications. When it's not she really said the, she the said SNA. the SNA should be trained to deal with her daughter. By who? By who? Her they, daughter is. Oh, she said her daughter was using love. Was nonverbal. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, but but the thing is that what, what needs to be stated is the requirements are kept very low for SNAs. There's no education requirements part part the four passes in the junior cert. Mm-hmm. But the department provides no training for existing SNAs in anything whatsoever at all at any time. So, so what, okay, them. bottom line, okay, so, and I bottom know there's line, parents yeah. out there with, with, with kids with challenging behaviour, yeah, yeah. right, who become yeah, aggressive. I, I do too, I do too. Okay, but, but do you, does your child become aggressive, yeah. violent? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so, yeah. so what happens, they're in a mainstream school, and, mm-hmm. they, yeah. lash, and yeah. they lash out and they're hitting other kids maybe, yeah. or... They're and it happens, it's happened, yeah. So is, should your kid be treated the same way as mm. any other kid who yeah. doesn't have special needs and be expelled yeah. or suspended? Well, the other thing was that it's very difficult to expel a child, it's near impossible to well, expel a child with the pri- diagnosis. Primary school, yes. <laughs> yeah. So the fact that that the lady that called in that they were talking about expelling that grandchild, she's not telling the full story. Now, my son has lashed out at adults and other children, slapping, biting, whatever, pinching. It's happened. I've had the letters home. I've had meetings. I have a no tolerance approach that it is not okay. 
I'm raising my child to be a functioning member of society. Because there is a, there is a victim that to that behaviour as well. There are, there Absolutely. Has, yeah. Absolutely, because I have another son who, who is not on the spectrum and doesn't have needs. How would I feel if he was going into school getting beaten? That's not fair. He's mm. only a child. That's not a nice childhood experience for anybody to have. There is no... And I understand that children have needs. I'm not saying that they don't. But the point of these units is that they're only for a certain type of child. And this model of education is not for every child on the spectrum. Okay, so what you're saying is, if this unit, or the units most schools mm-hmm. do have, in my yeah. daughter it was called a reading unit, right? But, but, yeah, but yeah, it, yeah. Okay, if these special units are incapable of controlling that challenging behaviour of a child because the child is too challenging, mm-hmm. the child should mm-hmm. be in a special school, is what you're saying. I think that's, yeah, is that not black and white? Like, well, I mean... Well, I, it, I, it, I, I would it, imagine it, so, it, but I'm yeah. listening to parents are saying it's not black and white. They believe... They, will, they want their children in mainstream school. They don't want well, them. Well, it's too bad. I want lots of things in life. I, you know, can't always get what you want. Do you know what I mean? Well, well hang on, because, Graeme, you're a teacher as well. well. No, hang, hang on a second. Can I just say one more point? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, one more point. The thing is that I find, and I have, I'm in Galway City, so I'm very lucky. There's a lot of schools and a lot of um, units where I live. And I, for a for better words, was shopping around for a placement for my son uh, two years ago now. And the thing is, that needs to be addressed, and you, you said it in the introduction to your programme, was um, there would be SNAs and a specialised teacher. That's not the case. Just because you have a special class doesn't mean you have a special ed teacher running the class. You could have somebody with a BA in anything and have gone back and done a postgrad, and they may have received training from the training centre from the Department of Education, things like PECs and teach. They're not a special ed teacher. They don't necessarily have to have a BA. Or but but it would normally be a teacher that would have a passion no. for dealing with children with special needs, no? Well, not, well, not in my experience. No. People who need a job, people who are, on a, who are on a panel. You know, I've been working as an SNA for 14 years in special ed, and I've only worked with two teachers who have um, B.Eds and Masters in Special Ed and the rest of them just needed a job, they were on panels, all that kind of stuff. Well, well sorry, Graham. sorry, I want to just go to Graeme as well. Stay there, please, with me. Graeme, you're on mm-hmm. Classic Kids. Graham, you're a school teacher as well. Mm-hmm. I am a, I'm I, a teacher in a special, I run three AFP special classes in a sec, uh, mainstream secondary school. Right, okay, so... What happens when a child's behaviour becomes so bad, when, when I say it becomes unpredictable, violent or aggressive? How do you deal with that situation? Or how should that be dealt with? Um, well, look, there isn't one, one process because every um, student is unique and the reasons for any potential um, challenging behaviour, be it aggressive or otherwise, usually are unique to that child as well. But yeah, it's unlikely to just happen out of the blue Mm-hmm. And they're not, there's a very good chance that, no, not in all cases, there's an exceptionally good chance that there is a trigger or a reason of some sort. There has to be obviously active engagement with the family. They know the child best in mm-hmm. it, um, as to what potentially would lead to a trigger or what uh, caused this behavior. Again, I've been working with people, especially either in education or otherwise, for the past 20 years. And seen quite a lot of uh, challenging behavior over that time. Um, have you ever got? Have you ever? I, have you got a ever got a belt like that? Have you ever hit you? Of course, or, I have. Well, yeah. And that's not, your, a, it's not I, your job I, to do. I have that, a permanent no. back injury thanks to one um, service user from a long time ago. Right. Okay. And um, so yes, I have. In where I teach currently, no, that isn't something I'd, I'd encounter. But there's no guarantee that I won't again. Um, but so, so the, the, the bottom line is the, how the conversation started the other day was because we talked about briefly because I can't go into it in detail there's a high court case yeah. at the moment where there's yeah, a teenager yeah, with special needs right yeah. but this woman was saying that her granddaughter was in a school and obviously there was aggressive behaviour because she's got a, a letter that she's going to be expelled and they're trying to stop this from happening I mean should a child who has for all the, uh, the world got out of control and uh, uh, you know on, uh, on certain, uh, at certain points should they be expelled just like any other student 
you have to be able to expel any student, depending, depending on the behaviour, but it doesn't go straight from everything's fine, hunky-dory, work. one thing happens and we're expelling you. That, you know, it, it, as you, uh, the SNS, sorry, I forget the lady's name, um, I was just speaking there. So like, oh, Joanna, Joanna, sorry, Joanna, yeah. Uh, it's very difficult to um, expel a student, as it should be. Uh, but well, it's very difficult. It's more so difficult in primary school. In secondary school, it's a lot easier. Yeah, it's still not. It is not easy in secondary school. Yeah, it's not. Um, but like on, on the other side of that, like I'm a secondary school teacher. I I run special classes, work with students with uh, special needs um, all the time. Is it ever? Um, is it used as an excuse, Graham, by people? Oh, you know, sure, it's not his fault. He hit Johnny in the schoolyard. But look, you know, he has ADHD. Well, I'm sorry. Of, can people view it as that? Yes, um, I tend to look the complete opposite way. Um, I've I can't think of an instance where I've um, encountered challenging behaviour where it wasn't diagno- diagnosis-related. And if it's, not, if it's diagnosis-related, then in my opinion, it's not the fault of the child. That said, it's not the fault of the kid or staff member getting hit either, obviously. And they're as entitled to their own personal safety as anybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, so can, do you have to be able to expel any student, potentially? Of course you do. Just because well, you're when, when I say, when you're I say expel, but maybe the principal just says, look, maybe this school is just not suitable for your child. Your child has particular difficulties that we can't handle and they should be in a special school. Those kind of conversations are going to happen in that instance before anyone gets anywhere near expulsion. Mm-hmm. There would be multiple IEPs and the amount of meetings that would have to happen about what can we do to help this child, what can we do to help this child you know, control their behaviour, all, all that kind of thing. There's no... Someone hits someone, right? So we're expelled. <laughs> there yeah. were, there's a much longer process before you get to that point, including conversations. Yeah, but if, but if Johnny or Mary, who didn't have special needs, hit somebody in the school more yard, needs. They, yeah. they're more likely to be expelled very much quicker, aren't they? Because you wouldn't yeah. have that whole process. Like I, again, for, for myself, um, like I'll be back to school in a few weeks, and. Um, if yeah, because you have a great holiday, don't you? <laughs> I was waiting for the dig now. You were training yourself. I was sorry, <laughs> Graham. I couldn't that. resist it. I know, no problem. <laughs> Got to get at least one in, no yeah, problem. Yeah, yeah, um, uh, well, yeah. Well, it's both. It's both. Mm-hmm. Well, I suppose it's your, well, it's your job, Graham and Joanna, to, adv- well, not so mm-hmm. much Joanna because she's an SNA, but you're a school teacher mm-hmm. as well, to advise parents and say, listen, you know, mm-hmm. you know, Johnny was a bit boisterous today. I have to stop also him. We're in local parentis when it's in a situation in school and I've dealt with, there's been students who might present with a behaviour in school that they mightn't present with at home at all. Yeah. Perhaps the trigger is something in school. No, mm-hmm. not maliciously or anyone by anyone's intent, but, you know, that's, so it is as much the school um, as the parents and obviously the child themselves. Yeah, I, I mean, most parents will reason. tell you that, you know, oh, sure, he's grand in school, he's just a nightmare at home or the other way around. And that's because, yeah. I suppose, in different uh, scenarios, ch- children behave differently, don't they? Depending yeah, on who they, they trust. Be a different tone of, um, occasionally, no, this doesn't apply to them, authority. Like, I've had, uh, a student wouldn't get his hair cut. Absolutely, just wasn't happening. Um, so the parent asked me to tell him, that he should get a haircut. Yeah, and, 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 and it came from the teacher. He did it. Yeah, I can understand mm. why the you know a parent because I have a child. But, well, thankfully she's seventeen now, and and you know thankfully she's doing really well. But she had dyspraxia, and when she was younger, mm-hmm. it was more challenging. Not so much now, but it was certainly more challenging when she was younger. And there was a decision that we had to make that we didn't want her in a special school. We want she, now. Thankfully, she she did well when it came to hours for resources and stuff like that in a reading unit of school, which was grand. But we did find at one stage when we moved her to a different school to get better resources that because she was with children with similar difficulties, let's just say, mm-hmm. um, she wasn't progressing. But then when we took her out of that, put her back into mainstream again, she progressed better. So I can understand why parents don't want their children in a special school because they believe they might not progress. Would that be fair to say, Graeme? Uh, it, it's individual to the child. 
Yeah, you know, in, can in, I interject like, there? Yeah, Joanna. Yeah, of course, can I say something? Yeah. Um, I feel like as a parent that I thought really, because I have a child who doesn't have an intellectual disability and is quite academic. Um, he's going into senior infants, but he's doing kind of, you know, first class work and stuff. But he has a lot of sensory needs. And I really, really wanted him in special ed while he's young. So his needs will be met so that he could eventually move on into mainstream and, and become a part of society and live independently. And just to answer the question there, and I, you know what that guy Graham there said, he sounds like an amazing teacher. And I agree 100% what he has. I really hope that my son... Uh, don't compliment you know, him too much. He gets uh, excited. No, 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 I really, no, no, I really hope that my son keeps meeting lovely people along his journey through school because I've been fortunate enough that all through, um, he's been in two preschools and then he's just finished uh, the early intervention class, junior infant's age. And he has had special ed teachers all the way, like Graham. And I agree with what Graham is saying about the process. And when we've had times of challenging behaviour or, you know, outbursts of him lashing out at staff or, or, other, te- or other children, you know, and it is, and obviously it does come, I agree with Graham, it comes from a need. It's, you know, it's part of the, the package. But because I have been fortunate to work with, um, alongside qualified special ed teachers, they knew how to draw up a proper behavioural plan which addressed the the issue or the challenging behaviour and move on. Well, I, I think we've done brilliantly because if I go back to my day, I don't know, how old are you, Graham, by the way? I'm 41. Okay, so, well, you're not too far away from me. I'm 55. I'm catching well, up. Yeah, yeah. So if I go back to my day, we didn't have all of this. You know, I mean, no. I, I remember we had, in my secondary school, we had four classes, right, in the year, right? Mm-hmm. And fourth class was classed as the remedial class, right? So nowadays, we diagnose people with different cognitive problems, mm-hmm. different physical problems. So we diagnose people better. In those days, ah, oh, he's just a slow learner, or he's just yeah. hyper, or he's just yeah. this. Nowadays, we actually can... Take, take, let, let's take that hyper person, let's take that slow learner play, person help. and put them with somebody who can help them. Whereas yeah. in those days, you were just disregarded. So we've come on so much in the last 30 years. Yeah, well, there's still I an awful, it. awful long way to go, though. Um, yeah. Quite a bit. Of, I mean, I heard Joanne saying a second ago, to a degree, she was able to kind of shop around for our look around mm. at uh, various special classes. That is a very, very unique position to be yeah. in. Um, when I sit down for applications, um, we are inundated every year with many multiples we know the places we have because there aren't enough special classes. And, well, there's, and there's only a certain amount of errors. I know, it's, I, I know well, in Dublin, I know it's CENO. It's using to do their job. It's CENO, isn't it? And the Minister it? of Education yeah, is using to make them. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they're the ones who dish out the hours. So there's only a certain amount of hours to go around in, in resources. We'll stay there for a second. I want to go to Stephen as well. Stephen, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, Stephen? Sorry, Stephen, are you there? Hello, sorry. Yeah, sorry, I left you waiting a long time. I do apologise. Okay, Stephen, you have a son with autism. Yes, I do. And and is his behaviour challenging? Um, No, no, he's uh, quite mild. uh, But he can get, if he gets frustrated, he can start start showing aggressive tendencies, all right. Right, okay. I I don't think he has actually hit a teacher or a student yet. But he has been hit in this class as well, Noel. Right. He's been in an ASD class and he's been hit a couple of times. But, uh, we just have to deal with it, you know. And is it treated differently? Because he's been hit in an, a- an ASD unit, do you tip make exceptions and say, well, look, you know, it's not the other kid's fault, they have a special need? Or Yes, exactly, yeah. So you do make exceptions for that as a parent. Well, there are many parents, fair play to you, because there's many parents out there that wouldn't. Yeah, well, sure. it's, it's something like that was running on, on and on every and day on. in an autism class, Noel, unfortunately. Sorry, said it again, Stephen? Yeah, unfortunately, it'll probably happen most days in an autism class. Yeah. You, and, and Graham, I wouldn't we, say that. I work into. I I run three ASD special classes. It doesn't happen. I'm not saying it never has or never will. But I mean, through la- the whole of last year, nothing. 
Yeah, the, that we've a, been running for a very long time. But uh, see, how so. do you deal with it? See, as a parent, Graham, as a teacher, obviously you see from a different side. But as a parent, in fairness to Stephen, he you know he takes into consideration that the other kids obviously have special needs. But as some parents wouldn't be quite as easy as Stephen to work around, they'd say, well, hold on for a second. I have my kid in there. Yes, they have cognitive problems, but I don't want to see another kid picking on them or hitting them. Which, and, yeah, and it's not an fair. excuse. I don't want to, you know, just because a kid yeah. has special needs, it's not an excuse. It, 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 whatever child is being assaulted, it's not their fault. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just not. And especially like as, as a one-off and if someone's not seriously hurt or something like that, even in that case, it's still a very serious thing to happen. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. if it was something that was one particular child, for, and I'm not saying on a maliciousness for whatever reason, um, targeting another child repeatedly, ongoing, and it, you know, and they, they were getting hurt, then sorry, you've got to do something about it. And obviously there's multiple interventions that come into place before any talk suspension, expulsion and stuff like that. And, but and but let me, let me ask Stephen. Don't work, yeah, but let me ask Stephen. end up. Okay, in the ASD unit, Stephen, that you, your kid's in, I mean, and the other kid that's hit them, have they done it regularly? Um, he's been hit by the same child three times in the last year, I think, not. Okay, all right. Now, they're all, Daniel is the only child that's non oh, that's verbal in the class. They're all non-verbal. Yeah, and you you have to understand these children are very frustrated because they can't communicate with you. But it's not that they can't, it's because they won't because it is a psychological thing. Most kids with non-verbal are capable of talking, they just don't want to. No, just don't want to is... Well, I I know, I'm not, sorry, Graham, that might simplify it. I I understand that. But I I do know a friend of mine who has a nine-year-old in that situation and they're trying desperately to get her and she will talk to some people but not everybody, which is... It's selective what, mutism. Yeah, it's, it, my daughter had selective mutism up to the age of five. Yeah. Um, so that can happen as well, that it's a psychological yeah. thing. It's a psychological barrier of some description. And then suddenly when they start talking, they won't stop. So <laughs> I've, been, I've been there, I've been in that experience. You know, and it's a very difficult thing to understand when you're a parent as to yeah. why your child won't talk. Yeah. Well, sorry, just uh, on the, the woman that was on on Friday, I can kind of understand why she doesn't want to take the child out of mainstream school because, as you said... She may regress. But then again, you have to remember that routine is everything to an autistic child. So if that child is taken out of that class, they may regress. So it's a really tough one. Yeah, but, but it is a tough one. But you've got to understand the child is in a class where they're causing a problem. And so yeah. Can I? In mainstream school, then it's, mm. she needs to be moved into a special school. Yeah, unfortunately. Sorry, Joanna, go ahead. Can I, can I say something? I, what I don't get is, um, and I... I'm probably in a minority when I got my son diagnosed he was two two and a half it wasn't really that big of a deal he is who he is and I love my child unconditionally it's very easy for me to say that I have a child who's verbal and, and doesn't have an intellectual disability but I don't really have a problem with special ed and if someone told me that um, you know my child would be best his needs would be met in a special school why not what is this obsession with people about having their children in mainstream it's not for everybody a child you know who is really struggling in a unit, is never going to make it in mainstream. They're never going to be invited to parties or have friends or normal childhood experiences that they may have in a special ed school, be invited places on play dates, going to discos, you know, and have real meaningful friendships rather than like a token buddy system. This, this integration is for a minority of children and, and very few children are really successful in, in, with inclusion and integration. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, that, I've often wondered how successful, I mean, I'm not demeaning your job, Graham, but how not successful the ASD units are. Well, no, how successful ASD units are. I mean, in bringing a child, and look, actually, I'm wrong to say that, to be honest with you, because they were really successful for my daughter. And she's doing really well now. She's finished her junior self. She went in transition year. She can go to Exeter on her own. She can, she can get a bus on mm. her own. She can do all those things that I mm. never imagined she would have been able to do when she was eight years of age. And she's great mm-hmm. now, right? She's fline. Uh, you know, I hate you. But how many of those success stories do you hear of? Well, that's it. And you know, yeah. how successful I, are I personally students? encountered dozens. Yeah, um, yeah. they are incredibly accessible. The, some of the issue with it would be that the support and what's offered in the special classes I work in doesn't necessarily mean that the school down the road that has the on paper the exact same thing is doing the mm-hmm. exact same thing. Exactly. But it depends on who they are, who the SNAs are, who the teachers are, because if they have somebody like you, Graham, possibly who cares, and yet they might some uh, other school might have a teacher who doesn't care quite as much. Exactly. I wouldn't say anyone exactly. doesn't care. But it, it oh, depends on no, Greg, come on, be honest, Graham. There are teachers out there who, you know, genuinely care and are very passionate about their job and the futures of the children they're looking I've after. I've never met a teacher who doesn't care. Well, have I, I have. Not once. Ah, have come I on. Graham, be no. honest. There's teachers out there who just, it's a job. It's a job. I agree. It's a job. 100%. If I, yeah. if I get a phone call in a minute telling me, Graham, we're not going to start paying, we're not going to be paying you on, on 26th of August, fine, I'm not coming in and I'll be suing you because <laughs> you can't fire me. Um, look. Yeah, I've never heard of a school teacher being fired. I don't think, by the way, I don't think there has been a school teacher fired in 50 years. Uh, Cherie, Sharon Classic Kids, how are you doing, Cherise? Hi, yeah, not too bad. Good. Shri, you also work with children who are on the spectrum. Um, I do, yeah. Okay, and whose job is it when a child is unpredictable or has unpredictable aggressive behaviour? Whose job is it to then control that situation or should that child be treated just like any other child in the mainstream school? Well, I was kind of, I was listening on Friday to the lady who had the granddaughter on and, you know, the way she was using love. Yes. Diane, yeah. So they were using love and none of the teachers were quali- went to get the course there to do their love. I think it is up to the SEN teacher and the special needs assistant to know love and to know how to use iPad communication. And if they know that, then the child isn't going to be so frustrated that they're going to act out. But is that but is that really their job? Listen to Joanna, who was on earlier on there as an SNA. Her job is to help the child socially more so than you know dealing with the curriculum. Actually, it's not her job to deal with the curriculum at all. But how can they help the child socially if they don't know how to use love? If they don't know how to communicate with the child, how can they even help them socially? Well, like it's a big well, 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 let me ask Graham because he's in charge of ASD units. Graham, I mean, is it the SNA's responsibility to go off and do a bit of training if they don't use love? The SNAs don't get don't get any training other than the SNA course, you know, absolutely criminal. Right. Because I like to say I work with plenty of SNAs who are amazing. Um, see you on two weeks, guys. Uh, but other than that, um, like I, I would cover SNA classes because they are, all the SNAs in their school are more than happy to go and do training. Yeah. They're actually not allowed to go to the training. So I know you can only go if you're a teacher, which is freaking insane. Um, but in respect of that, now the students I teach currently, this may change down the road. But is it, but um, is it the SNAs? So I don't need love. Not, oh. like, neither do the, the staff I work with. So, you, do, so you, you don't do, you don't know love? No, I don't. Love is, by the way, it's, it, it, it's it, hand I, signs. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Sherry, there's Graham. He's in charge of yeah. ASC units. He doesn't uh, actually, he doesn't use love. So but I, if but I somebody came in, yeah, that's what I mean. If somebody came in that needed Lord, love, then I'd have needed, to learn it. like, yeah, that's what I mean. That somebody, yeah, even if it's not the SNAs, it's the teachers, then they have to actually go and do it. Like, I know of a, of a young girl, and 
um, she uses the iPad for communication, but in her ASD unit, you can check on their history. Like, but but is that not them. like saying, let's say, for example, you know, somebody has a child who's deaf and they want to send them to mainstream school and they turn around and say, well, it's up to the teacher now to learn, you know, hand signs and, and everything to deal with this child who's deaf. I wouldn't say so. I'd say sorry, but the child who's deaf sadly will have to go to a school where there are teachers specifically trained to deal with deaf children. Yes, that's there are uh, special classes for de- uh, deaf students. So yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Where there are teachers yeah. specifically for deaf children. So, but that's what I'm but saying. To, but she is to expect everybody to learn it because yeah, of a child. Children that are like say there's um, deaf children will go to a special school. These children with autism are going to a special unit to but get. But it's still a mainstream school. Yeah. But it's, it's still a spe- there's a special ed teacher there. And if love was needed, the specialist teacher needs to, needs to know it. And I would agree, 100%. Um, and like I said, and I'm I know the only teacher who, who works in my special school. classes. Mm. And they'd all expect to do the exact same. Um, even the SNA staff, there would be no compulsion. There wouldn't be a rule yeah. that they have to or anything. But I, knowing the staff that I know them, I'd be... They'd, they'd probably be trying to get their names on the list before mine. Yeah, and Jerry's just in relation to, say, children with special needs, you know, in a class where, where they can become violent or they can become aggressive or they might hit out at another child or a teacher. Do you believe they should be treated the same way as another child in, you know, a regular class whereby they would get a suspension or expelled if they behave like that? If it was ongoing, yeah, I do. Like, I know everybody's saying every situation is different, but... In some cases like that, not to be expelled, but we told you need to go to a special school because we actually we're not able thing, to help yeah. your child. Yeah, we're not able to help your child anymore. We've done as much as we can, and for the best interest of the child, yes, you should and move well, on. And the best interest of the children that they're with. Yeah, because that's you know, important. So I we do think now I'm in a preschool as well as working, and I would have um, children with autism in my in my preschool, yeah. and we would be using pecs all the time for all the children. Okay, well, just very quickly, because I have to go to Joe just finally. Sorry, Joe, 20 seconds. Go ahead, Joe. Hi. Um, your your son is happier at a special needs school. My son is happy. They couldn't uh, keep up with him on... Uh, In a mainstream, mainstream. Yeah. But I can... I will give kudos to his SNA, because his SNA went, even when he was having private speech and language therapy, she was... Interested, she wanted. She went. She cared of her own will, so she could learn and help my son. She went out of her way to help him. It uh, didn't work, but she tried. But she tried really hard. She wanted to help him, and I think that is fantastic. But I do believe that they should have more resources. She, they should be able to get training so they can support extremely intelligent children that can do well. If they're, if they're just given the opportunity. And I'm sorry I've run out of time, Joe. Graham, thank you very much indeed for staying on the phone. Sure. Although I know I should really just bang out a song now for you before the news. Well, I've got all the time in the world. When are you back, when are you back now? Have you been enjoying the holidays, Graham? Well, not so about that. Just a quick thing on what you said earlier about all oh, not all teachers. Like, just as, RM, you know, as caring or whatever. As an example... Teacher I know set up a WhatsApp group for 150 different teachers who do the same job as me. We were all in conversation about it this morning. We wrote a letter to the Minister of Education that came out of it with 30 plus things that he has needs to improve about AFD special classes. I'm spending my day up in Leinster House tomorrow. Okay. But well, no, that, no, I'm I know. Doing, great. I, look, I've spoken to you so many times in the air and I know you care. I do I know, know you it, care. Yeah, Even though it's I like you. It's not a yay me thing. I'm not the exception. I'm the standard. I'm not saying there aren't people who don't. Okay, okay, listen, time up. Thank you very much, Nick Graham. I appreciate you coming on the air and uh, enjoy the little bit of time that you have left off for the summer holidays.